Hi, my little angels. Welcome back to Angels Anonymous, the podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa, coming to you live from a fucking coffee shop. I forgot to record the intro before I started editing this, and this podcast airs tomorrow from when I'm editing it, and I need to get this done. So enjoy the little background noise. Enjoy the little background music as I record this intro. Angels Anonymous is a health and spirituality podcast hosted by myself, a 25-year-old ex-professional dancer, now yoga instructor, and integrative health coach in recovery. On this podcast, I share vulnerably about my struggles with addiction to pretty much anything and everything, including body image, food, relationships, comparison, and so much more. Through an open-minded perspective... I explained how you can overcome your struggles and finally feel like you're enough. Okay, this is so rough because I'm recording through my computer microphone and then listening through my beats and there's a little lag and now my mom just called. What the fuck is going on? I'm gonna make this intro really short. Um, I wanna start by grounding, so let's just take one breath. Breathe in through your nose. Open mouth, exhale. Okay, I don't think that's gonna help very much. This freaking leg listening to my headphones, like a second later, my voice is coming through. I just, this is rough. Anyways, uh, the angel number for the week is 555. I've been seeing it so much lately. And at the coffee shop this morning, my fucking total for my latte was 555. And then the tip option was 111. And I'm like, okay, angels, I see you. Anyways, so 555 is a message from the higher powers signifying an upcoming transition. The impeding change the number 555 foretells can affect any area of your life, so the meaning of repeated fives sightings will vary depending on your circumstance. It can appear virtually anywhere in your waking life. Maybe you've been waking up every morning at 5.55. Maybe you look at the clock randomly when you're cooking dinner. Maybe every time you look at the TV or a license plate. Whenever you may see it, it's not just a coincidence. It's a sign from above. And once you notice it, you should sit up and listen to what it tells you. So basically, it's telling you that there's an upcoming transition. It's a silent nod from your guardian spirits telling you that the time is now to make changes you've pre- you have been preparing for it's not a guarantee it's not a sign that you can do anything you wish instead 555 tells you that your hard work is coming to fruition if you've been thinking about a career change selling your house starting a family or even emigrating (sighs) emigrating seeing 555 is a sign that you're ready for the next move Ooh, interesting because I feel like I'm always thinking of a new change. Obviously, one of the last big ones was moving to Denver, but now it's like this whole career unsettling feeling um, and wanting to like go back to school, finish my degree, whatever. So that's definitely on my mind. And then like obviously there's some chains which changes with relationships and whatnot and being in my single era again. So that's what's going on for me, I guess. Um, 
And I guess I'm just going to let this episode speak for itself. I don't really want to intro him because he will intro himself. Lauren is one of my very best friends. We work at the coffee shop together and he has just been like my freaking twin flame, my soulmate, my, my vibe ever since I met him. He is a transgender man and has posted his journey on Instagram, showed transition pictures or transformation pictures, had the top surgery and everything like that. So it's been wild to see that transition and like just see how beautiful his journey has been and how far he's come I didn't get to know him when he was still presenting as female but it's just been really cool to like be so close to him and it's opened my eyes to a lot of things and I think that we're all undereducated with the whole like transgender movement so um I think that it's important for all of us to know about especially now that like drag queen shows are being banned in certain states and whatnot it's just been very scary um a very interesting and scary time to say the least so Lauren Lauren and I talk all about that and I'm not gonna say anything else because this leg is really fucking me up and I literally can't talk anymore so here's the episode (laughs) Okay, Lauren, tell us a little bit about yourself, just like in a nutshell, whatever comes to mind, who you are, your little story, your little pitch. Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely, I guess like everyone still trying to figure myself out, Mm -hmm. taking baby steps, Um, but I've definitely come into my own in the last few years um, after just not giving a fuck what people think. Like, that is the best thing I've done for myself is just make moves to do what I know is going to make me happy without fear of judgment from others Mm. and not really caring that they're not going to understand. That's good. (laughs) Not caring that they're not going to understand where I'm coming from because it's, it's my experience. It's my, I mean, this is my body. This is what I'm living in. So unless you are also in this body, you're not going to get it, and that's okay. So, um, originally from Miami, came out to Denver in 2017. Um, I started hormone replacement therapy in 2018. That's when I came out to my partner at the time as trans. Um, yeah, and ever since then, I've just really have gone and made moves to do what makes me feel me like me and Mm. that has definitely come with trial and error um when I first transitioned I tried to embody this like overly mask like persona that I I felt like I needed to be in order for people to see me as male Mm. um and I've come to realize that I don't have to do that (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can embody and embrace my feminine attributes while still being a man while still Mm. being me um definitely the physical changes have helped a lot being able to see myself in the mirror and recognize myself um has helped to be comfortable with my emotional and like mental state as well um and understanding that yeah no i don't have to be like a macho, uh, like bro guy to mm-hmm. be a man. Did you feel that pressure to be overly feminine when you were, like, fully woman? 
Oh, 100%. Do you think that's why you feel like you overcompensated? Because I feel like as women, we feel a lot of pressure to be a certain way, to act a certain way, to look a certain way. So then it sounds like you swung to the other end of the spectrum. No, 100%. Like before I came out as trans, I was like as hyper feminine or Mm -hmm. whatever that means. Just like doing my makeup every day, Mm -hmm. dressing as feminine as I could, trying to be like the best like woman that I could. Um, It never felt right. And I was just like, I guess I need to keep trying at it to be more feminine and maybe it'll it'll click it'll Mm. like i'll understand what all these other girls feel like when they're dressed up and looking all i don't know really Mm -hmm. really womanly yeah like sexy attractive (laughs) yeah yeah in with the trends yeah and then i started i started my workout journey i started working out a lot and the changes that i saw my body were I guess like considered more masculine I gained a lot more muscle mass my hips kind of slimmed down I really liked the shape that my body was becoming and Mm. then that's when I realized how bad of dysphoria I had with my chest Mm. I was like I want to have like more muscle here I don't I hate my boobs I hate like Mm -hmm. wearing bras I just felt really uncomfortable um did you try to like flatten them like when you started becoming more in your masculine like man presenting body I feel like sometimes I see um, the more masculine lesbian mm-hmm. in a relationship, like wear the flat, like try to flatten their boobs and yeah. be more. Luckily, when I started working out and I like I lost a bunch of weight, my like the boobs that I had were not really that big, uh-huh. so I could get away with wearing a sports bra and it would just like hold them down, so it just looked like I had the pecs because it it just yeah uh-huh. it looked flattened. I didn't have to bind or anything. Which is, I'm so thankful What is for. binding? Yes, great question. <laughs> so binding, um, there are different ways of doing it. Some more safe than others. Um, but basically, it's taking something and wrapping it around your chest to just, like, really conceal your your boobs, mm-hmm. your chest. Um, now they have some, some stuff called KT tape, which is, like... Also athletic. like athletic tape, mm-hmm. yeah, and they'll you'll like tape it here and then stretch it all the way across so that they're just like flat. Um, yeah, I, luckily I didn't have to do that. I've heard horror stories and how painful it is. But yeah. is binding similar to like <laughs> I just thought of like Chinese foot binding, where you try to like conform your foot to be a certain shape over time. Like, is the goal to get them to change, or is it just a temporary like hold? Definitely. I think it's just like a temporary hold. Okay. It, it, it definitely can change. So if you bind in an unsafe way, mm. that can really fuck up your like your ribs and just like you, you'll have you'll develop back issues and mm. it's just not good for you. Just like, yeah, like the foot binding. Mm. Um, so like I said, yeah, there are safe ways of doing it and not so safe ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, more it's more of a, a temporary kind of fix so like in your personal journey of transitioning and then getting the surgery like was that the biggest part like of your transformation for you oh yeah definitely um once I had top surgery I yeah top surgery um I felt like my surgery journey was kind of just complete because I don't I don't have body dysphoria with my with my downstairs luckily Uh I'm content with what I have um 
it was really just my chest and having that like more masculine I wanted to be able to walk around with my shirt off and I wanted to Mm. do all the things without feeling like I had to hide that (gasps) that's so cool Mm -hmm. now you get to be topless yes (laughs) yep I hate, I mean, I hate clothes in general, <laughs> um, but yeah, now that I get to walk around anywhere, well, not anywhere, I might get arrested in some places because they just, they don't, they, shirt and shoes are required, Right. but um, for the most part, going to the beach, going to the pool, some gyms will let you work out topless too, it just, mm. it's really freeing, um, yeah. I feel like even though this topic is specific to transitioning and like, becoming the gender that you feel like you are inside this brings up a bigger picture of being comfortable in your own skin and like being confident in who you are regardless of if you you know were born with uh sometimes I don't even know how to like talk about it like I was born as a woman um with a vagina <laughs> and I, and that's how I feel like I am mm-hmm. versus if you're born with a penis and you feel like you're a woman mm-hmm. um, or vice versa, like transitioning to a man. But regardless, like I still don't know who the fuck I am and feel like I am uncomfortable in my own skin. A lot of the time too, I can't ever even relate to what it would be like to feel like I'm not the gender that mm-hmm. I was born with. Yeah. But Lately, I've been struggling with um, insecurities and just a lot of like intrusive thoughts when I'm like, I think it's in bigger situations when I'm like at concerts or going on trips where there's a lot of added pressure to like really be in the moment and like have a good time. And my intrusive thoughts will be like, am I dancing big enough? Am I dancing too big? Is my outfit cute? Like I... Sometimes I ask myself, like, am I dressing the way that I'm dressing because I like this style or is it because of I'm so ingrained with like what's trendy and what's cool? Like sometimes I like really Mm -hmm. get trapped in this I don't know who I am type of mode. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you have for like anyone regardless of if they're I mean specifically for someone who feels like they want to transition but don't know how but like really anyone who just doesn't feel comfortable in their own skin and has a lot of those intrusive thoughts like how do you battle those or like how have you overcome that yeah I I totally relate to that in that before I transitioned before I took hormones or anything and I would be out and about instead of enjoying the moment and being there I would constantly be comparing myself to everybody or just not even comparing but like seeing somebody seeing a guy that was like buff or had like features that I wanted to have and I'd be like oh I wish I looked like that or I wish I had this and that um and now that I'm comfortable in my body I I just am like I'm just being I'm just living um don't get me wrong I definitely have insecurities everybody does Um, But I think that's also something to take into consideration no matter where you are is that a lot of people are not really focused on you and they don't know what you're insecure about. They're focused on what they're insecure about. Yeah. Um, So just really telling yourself that who you are in this moment is, is who you are and you just have to embrace that and that if you want something to change, it can change. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to make the moves to change it. Um, but it's okay to be insecure. Mm. Um, it's okay to feel not right about something about yourself. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know what's going with that. That no, I love that. That makes me think of your mindfulness practices. You have to do. You have to take the action. You have to take the steps to do what you need to do to like improve in those insecurities or like diffuse them to some degree. How does mindfulness and meditation play a role in that self acceptance and being like it's okay to be insecure? Um, it's a great question. I guess when it comes to meditation, I don't want to say the point of it, but like the the goal you're trying to achieve is to kind of quiet your thoughts and just let your mind and body be in that moment. Um, and learning to do that in that meditation space will translate into the real world. So when you're out and about and you're feeling insecure, just taking a moment to be like, okay, I'm acknowledging that I'm insecure about something, mm. but this is something that I know I could possibly change or change my outlook on. Um, and it's just about reassuring yourself that you're doing the best you can. Whenever I'm struggling with an insecurity or some sort of my mind that I'm not feeling content with, mm-hmm. I forget that I have the tools to be able to combat that mm-hmm. or diffuse it. And it's funny because... The path I followed for my career is yoga, mindfulness, all those things. And I was talking to my therapist the other day about uh, all these intrusive thoughts I was having and all these insecurities. And she was like, I was like, how do I get the fuck out of this? And she's like, I have a couple things. Number one, mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And she's like, do you what does mindfulness mean to you? And in my head, I'm like, bitch, I fucking teach this. I know what mindfulness is and I'm like it's being present and being with your breath but Mm -hmm. it's so much easier said than done and especially when you've learned the tools and you've practiced them it's easy to fall off or just be like Mm -hmm. okay check mark I've done this like it should be better now but it's constantly a practice it's a lifelong lifestyle and Sometimes I fall off my meditation or I just do it to get it done. Like I'll write in my little planner, meditate first thing in the morning and I'll play a little guided meditation. Yes, that helps shift my mindset like a percentage. It's like not a big shift, but it might give me a little bit more forgiveness with how mean my thoughts are being a little bit more of that acceptance. But I fall off of it a lot of the time. And like when I was at this concert this weekend, my thoughts were just going constantly and I would be in the moment like vibing for a second and then my brain would be like are people looking at me are other people having fun what's my friend doing behind me like Mm -hmm. constantly trying to control the situation in all these different ways control how people are perceiving me and I think that's why we use substances like that's why people black out that's why people want to get high because it helps you escape from that inner ego but the thing is I was being really mean to myself and then I had this aha in the bathroom and I was like, oh my God, I'm probably one of the only people who's like on the sobriety journey here. I'm sure there's someone else. But like I'm I'm finally able to see what those thoughts are doing instead of just like running, running, running from them. I'm like, yeah. holy shit, I've actually come a long way in like actually being with the thoughts and not just getting fucked up and pushing them away. And like, I know that alcohol and weed are still part of your lifestyle, but like you're still embodying that same path of like being mindful, taking the time to sit with yourself, like really 
whenever you are like, I'm in conflict with my girlfriend or I'm struggling, you're like, I'm going to sit and meditate. And you'll just like sit for a while and let the thoughts diffuse. And um, just realizing, giving yourself credit for like where you've come and how much you used to struggle versus where you're at now. It's like sometimes all our brain needs is just like that that credit, that validation of like, girl, you're good. Like Mm -hmm. you have actually come a long way and your thoughts aren't what they used to be. Like you're always going to struggle in different ways, but like think of where you used to be. Like you are so much more evolved and mindful. And I think like I get stuck on this perfectionism loop, even with mindfulness or like being authentic. I'm like obsessed with doing it perfectly. So I guess like what advice would you give or how do you deal with do you have that inner voice like and what does that voice sound like like what does your inner like mean critic sound like and how have you coped with that yeah well I mean I when you're as you're talking about this I'm thinking about just meditation in like in general like, or the brain in general the brain's job is to think like it's always gonna have you're always gonna have thoughts flowing you're always gonna have things coming in like intrusive whatever the the best thing to do is learn how to not let yourself spiral and go even deeper into those thoughts. It's, you know, when you're in meditation and you have thoughts coming in, you obviously like just acknowledge them. Be like, okay, this is what I'm thinking about, but I want to not really think about anything. So just like letting them flow out and not fixating on that one thing and going deeper and deeper, deeper into it. So in real life, when I'm not meditating, if I'm, you know, feeling insecure about something and I'm, my brain is trying to fixate on it and it's just like, oh, this is a huge issue. Like it started off really small and now it's like this big overwhelming feeling because I just let myself go into that loop of like, I don't even know. I don't I'm trying to think of like a conflict that I've had in my head lately (laughs) Um, or just like any insecurity. Um, Or something you're like angry about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely letting anger take over is not the best thing. I, I mean, I always say that anger is a secondary, secondary emotion. Mm. So anger. Say more. Yeah. Uh, feeling angry comes from, like, feeling hurt or feeling sad or, like, it it it, it evolves after feeling something else. Mm. Um, whether you're feeling like you haven't been heard um, mm. or just, I don't know, it's I don't want to say a lesser emotion, but something, it's more of like a hurtful feeling. It's a that, mask. Yeah, and it comes it comes out into anger. And then once you get into that anger state, you're just like, fuck everything, fuck this. Like, mm-hmm. you're, just, you're just pissed off. And it's hard to come back to a logical state when you're just like overwhelmed with anger. So when I have conflict with somebody or something, for me personally, I have to just like take a break, like walk away, um, go sit by myself and journal or just sit and breathe, um, and not let myself go deeper and deeper into the anger because it's, it's so much harder to pull yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you recognize, okay, in this moment, I'm feeling hurt because you said this to me, instead of getting angry that you said it to me, I'm going to collect my words and my emotions and figure out a way to tell you that what you said made me feel a certain way instead of just blowing up on you because that's not going to help anything. Like I need to express to you why I'm feeling this way and you're either going to hear me out and understand and try not to do it again or 
you're just gonna make an excuse for it and then there's no resolution but then you know that you don't really need that person in your life anymore true if they're not willing to hear out how they hurt you and acknowledge that they hurt you and even though it wasn't intentional because it's not really it's not always about the intention and that's something that I've really had to work on and learn myself is that even though I'm trying to do something to save somebody's feelings and I have good intention um, my actions could come off in a way that is still hurtful Mm -hmm. so having to acknowledge like oh wow I didn't mean to hurt them but I did Mm -hmm. so what can I do to make up for that or not do that in the future Mm -hmm. Um, same goes with other people hurting us I think (laughs) specifically with the last guy I was with it's really easy to pin them as the villain Mm -hmm. and be like fuck them they're a douche they're a douchebag um and it's easier to assume malicious intent from someone else and we do that to ourselves too I feel like that's Mm -hmm. when we're against ourselves is when our ego is like shitting on us for a way that we treated someone that's when the guilt and the shame comes in but when it's about someone else it's easier to keep them as the villain and like knowing too that other other people keep me as the villain in their story to like protect themselves Mm -hmm. and like they might always see me as that way to like make themselves feel okay or make themselves feel like they're a good person because if they were to look at like oh shit I seriously did hurt this person or I did fuck up like that ownership comes with a process of having to break that wall down that guard and like you said once you break the anger down and realize you're hurt so many people can't do that because people think that feeling hurt is a sign of weakness but like it is literally the strongest most vulnerable thing you can do is be honest with like that hurt me. Like, I'm not all tough. I'm not all strong. And I've said this before, like, in dynamic with a relationship, I try to, like, be the cool girl or, like, not give a shit. And it makes you on the outside seem tougher when you, like, don't let shit phase you. But it's, like, actually, uh, like, you are being the bigger person or, like, you are being a more aligned version of yourself when you allow yourself to, like, reflect and feel all of those complex emotions that feel so scary like sometimes when I feel hurt or rejected I think rejection is like my biggest fear and like what comes up when I am angry like that's why Mm -hmm. it's usually because I'm feeling rejected or like threatened of not being lovable or not being enough Mm -hmm. and it's hard to feel that but I realize like anytime I've been rejected before like I've survived I'm fine like I've made it through anytime I've failed or been disappointed like I'm okay and so Things like having conversations with people that you really love and trust and have developed that more wise mind that can help you come out of those spirals Mm -hmm. like a friend or a therapist or if you can do it yourself too, that is huge for getting to that place of like feeling confident, feeling okay with yourself because the more more that you resist those thoughts and push them down, push those feelings down, the louder they're going to get. And like that's what I've been doing lately with my insecurities. I'm just like fighting with them and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't fucking want to hear you. I don't want to see you. Like I don't want you to be a part of who I am, but like it always will be. So like actually giving them the space Mm -hmm. in meditation to see them and be like, okay, voice, like Mm -hmm. that's not even me. Like there's, there's someone I picture like all these people in my head and I have to visualize them at like a conference table and like my wise mind like my heart centered like 
god self is like at the center and she's hearing out all the other voices like the inner bitch the fucking coach inside the insecure voice and it's like all right babes what do you got to say like what what are you trying to what needs to come through Mm -hmm. but sometimes i have to do that after the fact of like something overwhelming happening like you said taking a step back because in the moment i just can't like i'm overwhelmed it is hard because it is, it, I feel like it's definitely easier to be caught up in that anger and like those like negative feelings and just be like, this is how I feel right now. And like, I want to be mad. And because it's easier than, like you said, being vulnerable and admitting that you are hurt and then having to address that person of why they hurt you mm-hmm. uh, or how they hurt you. And I feel like if you just try to stay tough, like, I feel like, okay, think of it as you're laying down right and then every time somebody hurts you and you get mad like it's like a little rock that like ends up on you Mm -hmm. and then one little rock is fine because it's not heavy or whatever Mm -hmm. but if you don't if you keep not addressing it you're gonna get more and more rocks on top of you and then you're just piled with all this shit and it's like way way heavier than you're able to deal with whereas like if you had taken that first rock and been like i'm hurt let's talk about this, let's work it out, and then you throw it away. Like, you're not being piled up with all of these, like, hurt and, and like, anger feelings. It's mm-hmm. just you're able to release it and move on from it um, instead of feeling so overwhelmed and heavy. Yeah. Switching gears but, like, relating to what we're talking about, I know a lot of people are angry right now about these laws being passed with drag being banned. Mm-hmm. I've seen it all over social media. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about what's going on there and like what people can do instead of just like bitching about it and being angry, like being someone who's transitioned mm-hmm. and someone who expresses themselves through drag. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you want to be supported? And, like, what can people do instead of just, like, complaining and being angry? Like, first tell us about what's going on and then just, like, tell us your thoughts on how you've processed and how you would approach it. Yeah. I feel like it's all about showing up and showing your support um, for for drag entertainers. And also, like, and what I mean showing up by is, like, literally showing up to protests and being there physically and being another body in the crowd to show that what these lawmakers are doing is not right. Like you can't sit there and tell me that you are not going to do anything about gun control because it violates your freedoms and then take drag, which is an expression of yourself. It's, it's your creativity, your art, and then try to be like, no, that's illegal. Like, that is illegal in itself. That is, f- <laughs> you're restricting my freedom of speech. Um, yeah, it's it's very confusing <laughs> as to why this is the issue they are taking on right now. And there are so many other things in this world that are actually hurting people and that should be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very frustrating. <laughs> I also like the inner conspiracist that I am. <laughs> I'm all about the deep shit of like the elitists and the and the shit that they're trying to do underneath mm-hmm. or like behind closed doors. Yeah. And like a huge other issue is like the sex trafficking and pedophilia and like Hollywood and all of that shit. Yeah. And That's I found out real. that um I found out that the last two times there's been like an uproar of drama with 
celebrities. Mm -hmm. One of the times, I can't remember what the drama was, but there was something. And like while all of that drama was being focused on on the surface, they had released like 7,000 pedophiles, like extreme pedophiles from their prisons in California because they like didn't have enough room or something. Oh, I I believe it. Yeah, they... And I heard, like, during the Super Bowl, there was some other shit going on about, like, more flight tracks being released from, like, Jeffrey Epstein's island and whatever. And it's, like, the thing is, like, we need to really sit with what the fuck actually matters. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, we all get wrapped up in, like, surface-level drama. But, like, this is shit that actually matters that they're not really – they're not televising. Mm -hmm. Oh, like, the fucking Ohio thing that just happened where the trains – crashed and now all these chemicals are like being released into the air they're literally like blowing up these trains to like slowly release the toxins and it's like so dangerous and going to be harmful for all of us and like the food that we're eating and whatever in the future but it's not on the news anywhere i haven't heard of it honestly yeah so it's just like it's important to be educated and actually care about the shit that matters and and not drag queen drag queens reading books to children like who's getting hurt who's getting hurt nobody nobody's getting hurt by a drag queen sitting in a chair and reading uh an age-appropriate book to a bunch of children that is talking about spreading love and acceptance like no that's not the issue the issue is these people coming up and shooting at shooting schools and killing all the kids there. Like, that's the problem. The problem is, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell and all those mm-hmm. people. Like, what has happened since those names were released? Did anybody get arrested? Nothing. Like, that just fucking died. Because it's all about who has money. Mm. Like, if you have money, they're going to try to cover up whatever they can. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, queer people have been attacked since the very beginning. And it's just, like, a continuous cycle. Like... I feel like now trans people are definitely becoming more accepted. We've we've definitely we've always been here. Um, there's always been trans people, but just like the wave of like I mean black like black lives and then queer people, like gay people just like slowly being accepted in society as general mm. people. Like trans people is the next wave of acceptance of a group that was deemed wrong or just not understood by the majority of society and now that there's so much more that there's so many more resources to understand um we're more out in the open Mm. so a lot of people think that oh trans is being trans is being becoming more popular and all that stuff now because they're you know feeding the minds of the children and brainwashing them but the truth of the matter is is that we're just coming up now and like being more like i said visible yeah because like it's 2023 why are we hating on people that we don't understand their existence or existence is real um just gotta be cool with it <laughs> mm. what work do you think people need to do who are still homophobic or make fun of pronouns or mm. like I'm not going to lie. People that are close to me are still that way. Mm-hmm. Like people will make comments about people that I'm friends with or close with will mm-hmm. send me Instagram videos of uh, like 
a trans woman who was talking about how Minnesota is a place that like they feel really safe and accepted in but they still feel like really unsafe and there's so many other things that we need to do to make them feel like Mm -hmm. they have a safer place to live and like now their children are trans Mm -hmm. as well and like the person that sent it to me was blaming them or like sent it to me and I was like what about it and they're like I don't know it's just weird or like it makes them uncomfortable so they make fun of pronouns they make fun of people Mm -hmm. who are transitioning like what work needs to be done whether it's man or woman but like specifically man men that I've talked to or like dated Mm -hmm. are like legit homophobic and it brings up the bigger point of they feel like their masculinity is threatened And, like, what does it mean for me if I'm not homophobic? Or, like, I don't know. It's just so baffling. Like, how the fuck that's even a thing? But, yeah, like, what the fuck type of work does a man specifically need to do and look at within themselves? Mm -hmm. But also people in general. Because I have a lot of women in my life who are doing the same thing. Like, what Mm -hmm. do they need to look at to feel comfortable and, like, accept like you said trans people are real fucking people and like their existence matters their support matters like the pronouns that they use really fucking matters yeah i think that comes down to also like their insecurities and then going back to how um anger is a secondary emotion like Mm -hmm. people who are up in arms about all this like they're angry but why probably because they're insecure about something like they're insecure that Maybe they don't know everything about gender and sexuality that they thought they did. And to be told that there's more to it means that they lack education on it. So they want to they want to fight it. It's like, no, I can't learn new things because that means, you know, I've lived 65 years of my life. And this is what I've thought is the truth the whole time. But now all of a sudden I'm being told that this other thing is true Mm. it's easier for me to fight it and be like no that's not true like that's stupid as opposed to really like doing some internal work and realizing that no you don't know everything you don't know everything because like you know maybe you know your existence or maybe now this new information is making you question your own existence and that's scary in itself so then that anger comes from feeling scared that you don't actually know who you are um preach (laughs) yeah so i really it just comes down to like why i feel like when people hate on other people it's either because they're jealous or it makes them insecure about themselves or i honestly i don't know there's a bunch of different reasons but doing that inner work to be like why does this make me mad Hmm. why why does this why does this raise some kind of emotion in me and what is that first emotion that comes up because it's not anger that comes after feeling like you don't know something or like just feeling dumb or I don't know. Because mm-hmm. um, that's, I feel like a lot of uneducated, uneducated people, that's, they get up in arms and they get angry because they don't have the education on something. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to just be like, nah, fuck that. That's stupid. That doesn't make sense because you're not willing to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to educate yourself, you're never going to grow as a person because that that's life. Life is... I mean, I think of life as school, like you're always learning, you're always growing, you're always, you're always like meeting new people and learning new, like experience, learning their experiences and 
understanding that just because it's not the same as yours doesn't mean that it's not valid. Mm. Um, but people like to live in their own little bubble and be like, well, this is how I live my life. So this is how everyone should live their life. Mm. Um, and then to see somebody living their life in a different way, but also being happy just mm. kind of rocks their world and threatens their own yeah their yeah. own existence and it's like whoa what like have i like i said before like has everything that i've thought and lived like the way that i've lived up, up till now been like wrong or like is there not wrong but like just is there more to life than i thought there was yeah and that's scary yeah i feel like i've grown so much from being this little like ignorant stuck up white girl bitch who had no clue about uh, who had no gay friends who had no no one I was not exposed to anyone who was transgender until maybe even later than high school like I don't even have like really an experience of Mm -hmm. being close with anyone who was transgender even queer until until after I dropped out of college, like when I started being involved in the yoga world, like oh, wow. there is such a beautiful, mm-hmm. diverse group of people um, in the yoga studios. And so I feel like that was my first exposure out of like my white suburb where it just didn't really exist. Or maybe even if it did, I was so stuck in my own world. Um, but now being in Denver, I feel like it's even more apparent than it was in Minnesota. And I have so many friends who are like probably more than not who Mm -hmm. identify as queer and like a handful of transgender people whether transition to man or woman and um they're my fucking best friends like I just love being someone who can now it's not even something I look at it's like okay let me learn your pronouns like let me learn how you identify Mm -hmm. and then that's just like who you are like you're my fucking bro and I would never like think any differently same with my friend who transitioned to being a woman like first of all I didn't even fucking know till she told me second of all I'm like dude you are amazing and like I love you just as much or even more now that I know this part of you Mm -hmm. but not everyone is open like you are like Lauren posts openly on his Instagram before and after picture pictures transition pictures and I feel like that's why we relate so much is because we're both open books and like feel that freedom to express ourselves but I have other friends who have transitioned who literally no one in their life knows besides like their closest friends being stealth (laughs) stealth yeah what does that mean so like um for example if i were like if i were to live my life and not tell people i was trans and like be very like cis like Mm -hmm. let people believe that i'm cis Mm -hmm. um that is just like yeah living a stealth life where you you're not letting people know that you're trans Mm -hmm. you're just i guess pretending to be cis (laughs) um yeah which is i feel like which I understand because uh, from one of my friends' perspective, she said that, first of all, if you're into cis men, they treat you way differently once they know. Oh, totally. And she's like, I just don't want to fucking deal with that. I want to mm-hmm. be treated like a real woman. Yeah. So I just don't want people to know. And I respect that. Like, I understand that some people are way more private and closed off. I just couldn't be that way. Um, but going back to what you said about making – it making people feel insecure and jealous or whatever. I feel like I've grown out of that chapter, but now the work for me is being able to actually open conversations with those types of people. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like it's a gradual process. Like what I'm envisioning is the first stage is having someone bring something homophobic or um, racist or whatever it is judgmental Mm -hmm. up to you. And I'm so attached to my ego that I just want to fit in and I end up talking shit back or just like agreeing with them even if that's not what I believe like that's step one like that's not where I want to be but that's where I've been before Mm -hmm. and like bringing it back to the mindfulness thing I think why I am so open-minded and so fluid with anyone's truth is and accepting of it is because I've learned to open my own mind Mm -hmm. and then the second step is like letting people say that shit to me, but then I don't say anything back. I just don't respond. Like, I feel like that's the first step to making a difference is like not feeding into it. But like the highest level thing that I could do instead of being like, why the fuck are you doing that? Like, why are you saying that? Is asking them like, what what about that bothers you? Like genuinely being curious. And I feel like that shocks people who are so used to just talking shit. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can be that person and be in that space when I am consistent with my own mindfulness practices. It allows me to not get mad at them or judge them. And then it gives me the space to ask the questions and be more curious of like, Mm -hmm. what about that makes you feel weird? Like, why do you feel like it's okay to you know, judge people based on their pronouns. Like, that's just the way that the world is now. Like, it's important to accept and, like, care about that because it really matters to people and makes them feel accepted. Or just, like, how would you feel if your kid was that way? If your own child ended up wanting to transition or felt like they identified differently, how would you treat them? Like, wouldn't you want to unconditionally love and accept them? So, everyone else deserves that too and like people still might get defensive but even being able to plant those little seeds like that's who I want to be as a person and I feel like any I feel like mostly women who are like me are listening to this Mm -hmm. um a lot of queer women women as well are my friends but I don't think I have a lot of men or transgender people listening to my podcast but like I guess if you're in my shoes like that's what's really important is like not being afraid to ask questions, not getting so defensive, but just like making people reflect on it because you never know what people are going to sit and think about after you have that conversation or just like stop the flow of that shit talking. Mm -hmm. You never know what they're going to sit and reflect on later and be like, damn, that actually was really judgmental of me. And like that could make a huge transformation or a big ripple in the long run, even even though it's a little step, you know? Definitely. Well, I feel like conflict conflict in general is hard Mm -hmm. so having somebody come up to you and like tell you their views about something even if you don't understand like agree with it having the confidence to like ask them those really like those much needed questions is a hard thing to to start doing Mm -hmm. um but that's what you're right that's what needs to be done in order to you know i feel like i feel like a lot of people's views are sometimes like they've just heard them they've heard them so many times and they believe it they just like like they've believed this for years exactly so getting them to like really question why they think that way they've probably never done that themselves Mm. so it's like yeah why do you hate gay people well because i do but but why was it because somebody told you to hate gay people is it because you're like scared of your own sexuality like why does it make you so upset there has to be a like a deeper reason than just I hate them. Mm. Like it's not ice cream. You don't just like hate a flavor. Like you, you don't just hate a person because they're there and they're existing. Like that's 
that's not cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel I've been told by, you know, family members and people they're like, oh, well, to me, you're you're a girl like you are a girl. Whoa. That's it. Like you're like, I can't see you anything other than a girl. Um, meanwhile, I'm telling them like, this is who I am. This is how I feel. This is how I present. But you're sitting here telling me that you see me a different way like that. That's kind of narcissistic in a way um, to, to be like you're you think you know better about who I am than I do. Mm. Like how? Because yeah. I know because you're going to tell me that you know yourself better than I know you. Right. So why can't I do the same? Why can't I tell you who I am and you believe it? Why are you trying to impose an idea of who I should be? You're trying to control me. <laughs> How do you protect yourself from those family members? Because I know a lot of people, like one of my friends right now is coming out as uh, polyamorous mm -hmm. and she's queer. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I've struggled with my own family issues right. and started to learn how to separate myself from and almost grieve the death of who I wanted them to be in my life the support that I wanted from them, the understanding that I wanted from them. Mm -hmm. And once I've processed and let go of like my hope for who that they would be, whether it's my sisters or my parents and how they show up to support me. Now I can like understand them for who they are and the capacity that their brain can comprehend certain things about me. And they have a different role in my life. And then I've learned to build community around me with other people and resources and therapy that like actually helps me feel understood and seen fully mm -hmm. instead of just needing that for my family. But I feel like I'm watching a lot of people in my life go through this like inner child, like healing trauma, whatever, and trying to approach these big conflicts or like challenges with how their parents think or believe. And there's a lot of like friction or um, they just don't feel understood and they want to like fix and teach their parents or their siblings. Like yeah. how how do you accept that like to some degree your family's probably never going to change? How have you let that go and like grieved that or still maintained relationship with them yeah. but in a way that protects you that that's definitely been a journey <laughs> yeah. um i feel like knowing that unless somebody's in your shoes they're never fully going to understand your experience um but what what is important is that they just respect it. Mm. So I've gotten to a point where like with my mom or my aunt or like I tell them like I I don't expect you to ever understand being trans. I don't expect you to know what having like body like dysphoria or dysmorphia is like because you don't you don't experience it. Um, that's okay. But just know that I go through it, and this is what I had to do in order to feel right in my body. And you just have to respect it. Mm -hmm. And if you want me to be comfortable around you, you're going to respect my pronouns. Because if you're not, then I don't really need that energy in my life. It's sad, of course. But if somebody's not willing to give you that respect, that like desire to make you feel comfortable in a space with them, that's just not somebody you need to be around. Mm. Um, and yeah, it sucks that with family sometimes that that's what it takes. I mean, I literally moved states to get away from my family in order yep. to feel comfortable to transition um and even then i didn't tell them until after i was on hormones and stuff like that and it was not great um but i feel definitely in some circumstances time 
heals and time can make things better. Like I said, not for everybody. Um, but in my, in my experience, you know, my mom is definitely coming around, um, to certain things. Like she's definitely more respectful. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, I've started, I started hormones in 2018 and I feel like not to get like morbid here, but the death of my dad really shook her world to make mm-hmm. her think about what's important in life. And it's like, do you want me to be around? Because I don't have to be. I choose to be. So if you want me to be around, then you're going to do what it takes to try to make me feel comfortable because mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing with you. I'm not pushing anything on you. I've already told you, like, if you don't want to say my pronouns, just say my name. Um, baby steps and that's what she started doing and now she's gotten to the point where she'll correct my aunt if she misgenders me and that's not something I ever thought my mom would do because my mom and my aunt like they're super close they will defend each other to the end Um, something that I told my mom like a few years ago was that like when it came to conflict with my aunt like I'm like you've never stood up for me you've always taken her side even though I was a child, you told mm-hmm. me to just, like, get over it and go give her a hug or whatever. Like, she doesn't understand, so just, like, stop talking about it. Mm. Whereas you never told her, hey, you should not talk to my child that way. That's unacceptable. You need to check yourself. Um, and I feel like having that at the forefront of her mind now has made her realize that she was not always right. And that she needs to start standing up for the person that is right in that circumstance and not just try to avoid conflict with her own sister, yeah, which is hard. Like you're trying to avoid conflict with your sister, but you're creating more with me. Mm. And is that worth it for you? Maybe if it is like, that's, that's what you want to do, but I'm not going to stick around for it because I'm not going to sit there and be disrespected and then not stood up for by my own parent. Because if, if I had a child and any of my sisters, which I know they would never, but if any of my sisters talk to them the way that I've been talked to, I would shut that shit down so fast, so fast, because that's my child. Like, you don't you don't have the right to talk to them like that. I'm going to tell you if you're wrong. Um, so, yeah, I I feel like that's something that she never really considered. Mm-hmm. She's just like, I wanted she she doesn't like conflict. She doesn't like there to be problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was easier for her to tell me to shut up than to tell her sister to shut up because mm-hmm. that's an adult. And that's like somebody on the way she sees it in her like her own level and it's harder to fight with somebody like that than a kid where you just like go to your room just be quiet you know Mm. um yeah I forgot where I was going with this train of thought (laughs) I the reason why your mom's been able to come around though and sit with that discomfort is because you've taken on the role of making things uncomfortable and like making waves and addressing conflict that needs to be addressed I feel like So many of us go into this. So there's different types of fight, flight, freeze. And then there's a fourth one called fawn where you just like diminish your own truth and kind of like shy away. Like imagine a little deer that just runs away. That's what I picture of when it's fawning. Like you just don't speak your truth. You make yourself small. You just kind of go with the flow. And that's what I've done a lot. But I have learned in my own conflicts with my family uh, that I've, I've slowly had to address certain things and get really uncomfortable and sometimes it blows up, 
but then the dust eventually settles and then it's like flexing a muscle like that first time you go to the gym and lift like it's gonna be you're gonna be sore as fuck your body's Mm -hmm. gonna feel wrecked just like energetically in a conflict like there might might be a blow up there might be like months where you don't talk to your family members but it's like for you your truth was willing to risk that like you knew yourself well enough and that's another reason like why I really admire you and love you is because we are the same in that area. Like I would rather be uncomfortable and like threaten my relationships with someone else while speaking my truth than not speak my truth. And I know other people are not that way. So they just sit in the discomfort of like my family doesn't fucking know who I actually am. Like I'm not speaking my truth. That is the biggest discomfort for me. Like I would rather fuck some shit up and like ruffle some feathers or have a huge blowout where I'm like, okay, shit, I did not approach that in the right way. But at least I like said something because the world has always told us, especially as women, like when we were, when you were a woman, like to suppress your truth, to be small, to be palatable. Mm -hmm. And so like we're rejecting that and like stepping into our more masculine energy and like standing up for our truth and who we are by doing that. And I feel like it starts with family a lot of the times and also just listening to your own intuition and knowing what it is you do and don't believe and what you do and don't want to do and following that instead of saying yes to things, saying yes to people, being available energetically around people. Like I cut off my own family in a certain degree. Like that's not why I moved, but like Mm -hmm. I moved because I felt called to go somewhere else. But I know other people Like this one guy I dated, he's like, oh, I would never move away from my family because he feels this like obligation to comfort his like parents and like be there. And I'm just like, what? Like, why would you not fucking live your life for yourself? So um, I love that. Yeah, I definitely have been (laughs) shaking things up and making stuff hard on my family throughout my whole life because I just like if something's not making me happy. I'm going to do what I can to change it. Like I also have been through those phases where I did everything to make everybody else comfortable, yep. but I was miserable. Yep. And it's like, this is my life. Why am I being miserable to make you comfortable? What's the point? You know, um, something my mom said to me when I came out as, as like a lesbian when I was 16, she's like, you know, your, your uncle Bobby, he waited until his parents were dead to come out as gay. And I was like, excuse me. I'm like, is that, you're telling me that I should have done that. I should just keep my truth inside and not really let you know who I am because it makes you uncomfortable. Or would you rather know me for me and like, (laughs) it's just like such a fucked up. I know it's so fucked up. Literally. I'm like, you'd rather wait for you to die for me to actually start living my life. That's for you. That's so selfish. First of all, like what the fuck? um no i'm not gonna do that but if that's what you really want from me then i'm gonna move away Mm. and i'm gonna live my life and be surrounded by people who make me happy and hype me up and like see me for who i am and don't try to make me be what they want me to be Mm -hmm. um or make me hide myself to make themselves stay comfortable yeah um (laughs) so fucked up dude so fucked up um, I love this conversation. I knew it was going to be good. I fucking knew it. And it somehow all fit together from mindfulness to <laughs> to uh, drag queen conflict and Literally fucking everything. everything. Family. Um, 
to wrap up, I'm trying to think of like a good question. I don't have like a main question that I ask people at the end of my podcasts. What makes you feel like an angel? <laughs> Being here with you. <laughs> um, I guess just like, how are you most embodying your truth at this moment in your life, at this chapter, following your intuition, following your calling? You can share like your own answer or like what advice you would give to other people who want to do that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I think really just thinking about what's going to make you happy and going with that. And, you know, some things that you think will make you happy don't end up making you happy, but you tried anyway, and that's going to help you continue on to figure out what is going to make you happy. So when I first, like I said, started transitioning, I was like more masculine. It, it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the more I like really embraced my feminine attributes i was like wow like this feels better like i feel more like me like it's weird when i when i lived in miami and i went to um the gay pride parades i would see all these like gay men on the floats whatever and i'm like that's who i am <laughs> and like i didn't understand like i so i've always been a gay like a queer Pretty man white, yeah. yeah i'm like i've always been a queer man but i didn't really know like i had to take the steps like first i came out as queer in general then I transitioned then I found I like learned more about my own sexuality and what made me feel happy and then that led me into like how I express myself how I dress how I present myself like I'm just I'm just me now I don't feel like I have to act a certain way to impress people mm -hmm. if you don't like me you don't like me and that's fine not everybody's gonna like each other um that just kind of weeds out the ones that I don't want to hang around with the ones that I'm not gonna waste my time with but if you want to be around me, then great. Like, I, I'm fun. I have a good time. So <laughs> let's get it. But yeah, no, just really doing what it takes. And when I say that, like doing the internal work to figure out what's going to make you happy in life um, and going through, you know, trial and error, figuring out what brings you joy. Mm. It's for me, it's like a internal feeling mm -hmm. that I've had to learn how to disconnect from my mind more and tap into my body through yoga, through embodiment work, through being in nature, through whatever makes me feel joyful. But it's like you can feel even if you're like, I don't feel like I'm connected to my intuition. I don't know what I like, what I don't like when you're just at this crossroads or like the beginning of your spiritual awakening where you're like, who the fuck am I? What do I like? Yeah. You can feel inside when you put something on. Do I feel expansive? But at first, too, like if you start dressing bigger or like um, more boldly and like start showing up as who you are, mm -hmm. a lot of the time I just show up grungy because I don't want to be noticed in public. Yeah. So it's like even if there's even if I start to like challenge my sense of fashion or self-expression, it's probably going to be uncomfortable at first, but it's like there is some inner calling that's like, okay, yeah. I do want to show up this way. I do want to dress this way. I do want to express myself that way. So it might not feel good to express yourself authentically at first, yeah. but you'll know that there's like that inner whisper that's pulling you to that place. And now I can just tell being around you or like surrounding 
myself with the people in my life that make me feel good it's like that's a feeling in itself like I feel expansive I feel like myself I never second guess like what I'm saying or what I'm doing around someone like you Mm -hmm. that's how I know like that's a fucking real one that I want in my inner circle that I want to spend my time around and if I'm spending my time around someone who makes me feel a little bit more like who brings out my inner chameleon that's what I call her like she'll shape shift and she'll want approval so bad I struggle a little bit more with like not having that energy of like I don't fucking care if you don't like me like I wish I was more of that bitch but I've learned being a woman especially from my mom like no you need to be palatable you need to be nice you need to be liked so I struggle with that like people pleaser to the max but um if I'm around someone who doesn't make me feel good or like I'm I'm a bright light or they don't appreciate or admire like who I am then I'm not going to spend my time around them anymore. Like, I don't want to be around someone who makes me feel like I need to dress a certain way, care about certain things, certain brands, whatever. That's just, like, not my MO. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to surround myself with people that are like me. And, two, like, when it comes to, like, questioning my beliefs and stuff, like you said about there are things that can be true at the same time or, like, there you have to be open-minded because truth changes and evolves. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as like gender, masculinity, femininity, all that stuff. But two, just like truth in general, yoga's taught me that all things can be true at the same time. Like, yeah, your opinion's valid. Science. Like we thought that the the earth was at the center of the solar system. And then we learned like all the planets circle the sun or whatever. And it's like back then people said that it was fact that the earth was at the center. Like science proved that. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I'm like, All of the shit that's fact is still just a thought, Mm -hmm. a theory, an assumption. Mm -hmm. Like nothing's ever actually really proven. That's why I'm like science is fucking made up too. But people who are so in their head, in their ego, black and white thinking, don't understand how you could be like, no, this is true and that's true. Like everything is fluid. Everything's a spectrum. Like you can believe that, but I also believe this. It's it's hard to be open-minded like that, but people who challenge that for me and make me feel like I need to defend myself or like what my truth is. I'm just like, you know what? I'm not even going to waste my time because this makes me feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. I've, something you made me think of something when it comes to yoga is that, um, you know, every time you go to practice, your body is not always the same. You know, sometimes you're more flexible. Sometimes some like one area is tired of the other and it's all about accepting how you are in that moment. Um, And that can be, you know, translated to, like, your everyday life. Like, I don't feel great every day, but it's okay that I don't feel a certain way right now. It doesn't mean that this is permanent. I can work on it. I can do things that are going to bring me out, that are going to make me feel better. Um, So taking that, you know, that um, thing from yoga that, Mm -hmm. like, of just accepting who you are in that moment is okay, even if it's not who you want to be. Yeah. Um, is beautiful. And yeah, yes. like that's life. <laughs> so do yoga. <laughs> do yoga. <laughs> no, seriously, the like messages that teachers give me on your mat, like they'll theme a class mm-hmm. or when I theme a class, I learn so much when I'm teaching myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and like talking, sometimes I'm like, I don't fucking know who that was, but that was really wise. Yeah. <laughs> but I've learned so much on the four corners of my mat. Like it truly is a mirror 
where you start to self-reflect and evolve and it's so much more than just like being flexible um it's so much more than getting the poses it's so much more than being fit and like getting the endorphins yeah that's great but like you change as a person yeah that's why i'm like yoga is for everybody i don't fucking care who you are like get on your mat (laughs) yeah it helps make that that mind body soul connection like it just it's everything in one and like it's it helps you be more appreciative of your body Mm. um and accept your limitations because we have them we all have them it doesn't matter what it's in like learn what they are exactly uh learn what they are learn how you can go about doing things to just make yourself more comfortable and like i don't know yeah it's just great yeah Uh, i love you thank you okay we're gonna do another part uh soon where yeah part two part three we might have a whole chapter or series yeah um we want to know from you what questions you have about lauren transitioning and just like anything that sparked your yeah your curiosity in this episode we want to know so i'm going to post on my instagram probably a couple days after this airs to give people a little time to listen and then ask your questions so you can dm me or or him dm him personally and just ask us yeah and go look at his instagram what's your at (laughs) uh my handle is at blazing dot a dot way blazing away so you can go look at his journey and scroll down and see what he's had to share because it's really fucking cool um i love you thanks for being here okay bye bye (laughs) 